Hey guys, and welcome back to week 30, episode 30 of That Scale RC Show. I'm one of your hosts, Adam Bean, alongside with Jeremy Kendall. And uh, yeah, Christmas is right around the corner. It's exactly a week away. So I don't know. This might be the last one of the year, but we'll see. We might be able to squeeze one more in there for you, but we'll see. Um, I was going to say, what's going on in the in the RC world this week? Um, everybody's kind of like waited, waiting with like bated breath for this new Axial SMT10 that we believe, 99% sure that that's what it is, is uh, going to be coming out. So that's pretty cool. I saw they posted a video of Adam Anderson opening up a box with the old one in it, and it said something about out with the old and with the new. So we should see something here very shortly, it looks like. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm hoping that it's still the same platform of the SMT-10. I'm just hoping what they did was kind of change it away from, like, the Gravedigger or the Max-D. I'm hoping they keep it more of, like, a generic, almost like they used, like, the original Deadbolt, like that monster truck, like, Deadbolt they had, not the little Deadbolt that we're used to with the SCX-10, but they had that big orange one that they put on, you know, kind of like that AX-10 Oh yeah, yeah. Uh So like, if they do something like that, I'm not saying use that, but like, you know, use some sort of a generic body because you know that the the aftermarket with the Proline and the J Concepts and all those other companies out there, um, Parma, you know, you know, people are going to come up with their own monster truck bodies. So I think, in my opinion, it would just be cool have a generic monster truck and go from there. Uh, I know there's a lot of rumors and speculations. That it'll be a ten twenty fourth scale, which I'm or one twenty fourth. Is that it? Or no, just one twenty fourth. Sorry, because I'm thinking of everyone calls it an SCX ten twenty fourth scale. Right, I've, right. But anyways, I just I just kind of like in I'm in that same kind of boat. I'm just hoping that it's not you know twenty fourth scale, just because I don't think it's going to get the uh, recognition it deserves. Yeah, small rigs are cool, but like. I don't really own any because I don't really don't really have anywhere to use them, you know? Like, I mean, I'm sure I could find something, but I just kind of have not been super interested in, like, tiny little crawlers or anything like that or tiny little cars. Yeah. And, like, I know the, I know the original, you know, 24 scale became, um, it became popular because a lot of people were taking the model bodies and putting them on there. I just don't think the same thing's going to happen with the monster truck. I just don't think that that's going to work, you know, out to their to their best, you know, interest. So my hope is generic monster truck SMT10 and, you know, and of course we're probably going to see it um, with the more um, Horizon brand behind it. You'll probably see more of the dynamite stuff in there and Spectrum um, servo and all that, but yeah, I you know, I don't really have too many complaints with the old platform other than the fact that, you know, like you can't drive it like you do a E-Revo or a T-Max or something like that. You know, like it is more fragile, but it's more scale with the solid axles and everything. And so I'd kind of like to see, I mean, I don't really have any complaints with it, but what would be cool to see would be if they could just have the chassis be a little more, like the cage part of the chassis, be a little more conducive to throwing a truck body on it. Because I, 
I had a Dodge one, the Proline Dodge crawler body on the SMT10 that we had, and uh, it really, like, you had to cut out the back a lot, and then it always kind of bugged me that the roll cage where the driver figure was always, like, sat a little bit too low through the windows, you know, when you would look through it and see the driver, so... I don't know. It's it's probably just wishful thinking, but it it would be cool if they came up with, you know, something that more bodies fit easily. Yeah. No, I agree with you on that. Um, cause it does it did get kind of hard. Um, I know with myself, I have um, I I still haven't put my monster truck back together. Um, for those of you that have seen my original monster truck, my SMT10, it started life as the uh. I'm drawing a blank now. The Max D. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't the Grave Digger. I do have one of each, but it was not. I didn't uh, start out with the Grave Digger. I started out with the Max D. Um, that one was one I did uh, about two and a half years ago now, and I put an I put an old Proline uh, square body uh, Chevy on there, and I had a big CKRC down the side and. Uh, so I retired that body uh, since you know CKRC is no longer uh, a hobby shop or around anymore. Uh, so I actually took a J Concepts um, like mid '90s Chevy, like my Wheeler that I have, uh, which was originally going to be a Wheeler body, but when I saw the wheelbase on that thing, the extended cab uh, mid '90s Chevy is so long that it's just you know, it just didn't look right. Like I don't think I could make a crawler work right around that because it was it was a 13 inch wheelbase or something like that. So it actually worked out perfectly with the monster truck, but I did have that issue that cage around the driver. It's kind of like in an awkward spot. So it's kind of like it didn't. It's like I don't know. The the 80s Chevy worked really well. The that mid 90s Chevy from J Concepts was just I I think it was just the the it was just spread out so much or the where it was laid out was just not exactly syncing with that cage work. So I hear what you're saying. Getting something to where it's a little more universal would be awesome, but I have a feeling it's going to kind of stay the same for the cage. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see what happens because I know monster trucks are a big hit here in Northern California. So we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. I think there's just going to be a lot of happy people to see that platform returning if if it is indeed 10th scale because i mean i was one of the people that was kind of disappointed when it went away you know yeah but i get it you know if something's not selling you make adjustments and whatever you know so i I understand how the game is played but i don't have to like it (laughs) yeah no um and then i was gonna say what else uh I say nothing really much of news. We already kind of discussed the the paddle tires for the junior last week with Chris. Um, exciting news for myself. I got my Capra. I finally got all the electronics in it, and it is a functioning car on its own. That's rad. Now you just have to go drive it, which well, that might be a while. <laughs> well. No, it's it's not just that. I want to get the I need to get the panels painted, so that's my next hurdle. Um, oh, yeah. With it being kind of rainy and cold, I know it's not the most ideal paint, you know, uh, weather. So I'll see how 
that goes. I might have to like make a little like paint booth or something, like some paint something, carry it inside, put like a heater right in front of it, and let it kind of dry, and then just be patient and do it like piece by piece, and wait like a few hours to let everything kind of like do its thing. So I'm not rushing it because yeah, I think we've all been there and kind of rush paint jobs and oh my god, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so I just don't want that. But, yeah, no, I'm super pumped. Um, I'm super excited that I actually was able to get that all done because it was one of those things that was just killing me. Every time I looked over at the workbench and you're staring at the car, it's just sitting there. I ha- and, and this is, like, kind of how I've been lately. Everything kind of gets put together with, like, what goes with what project. So I have the capper sitting there on top of the, the kit box, and right next to it, I had the motor, the ESC, and all the servos sitting there. So I'm like, one day I was like, all right, let's put all the servos in. And then, so I had all the servos in. I just kind of had the wires dangling everywhere. And then I was like, all right, let's put the, and then that's when I finally said, okay, let's just put the rest of the electronics in. So I did. Um, and yeah, I'm super, I am super happy though. Because uh, I know this is like one of those number one questions a lot of people ask. They go, where, um, like where's the like like what is the safe area to go with um uh with like a motor you know speed or whatever size however you want to go whatever you want to call it um and I know some people are like I want to go brushless but they're so used to picking something like a 2700 or like a 3100 kV motor which is pretty common for a trail truck so when they so when this when the capper came along a lot of people were kind of like thrown for a loop because they were like, you know, do I still do that? And some people were, and they didn't realize how fast that car was because the gear ratio isn't super low. So I went and actually saw a car run on a 2700, a capper run on a 2700, and I was like, dang, that is fast. I was like, I, th- that's a little too fast for me for what it is. Right. Um so I actually just made the executive decision and said, all right, I'm going to go with the 2100. I believe that's what it is. The 2100 uh, KV Holmes Hobby Puller Pro Stubby, and that thing fits like a glove. And then I went with the Mamba X, which is my first time running a Castle ESC. I've never run a Castle ESC before, but with Holmes Hobbies no longer – well, for the time being, they're not making any brushless ESCs. I was kind of like, okay – which route do I go? So I ended up just going with the Mamba X because I already have the Castle um, Castle Link. Yeah, the Castle Link. Man, I cannot like I'm. Th- I thank goodness we have you tonight because I'm like a lost boy. <laughs> it's okay. It happened to me the other day. I I was up super late and I did a Facebook Live video and man, I like kind of just struggled there for a little bit because i was so tired and just wanted to get a couple hours of sleep but i needed to get that done so it happens man i just went through it so um yeah so i so i already have the castle link so i was like all right let's just stay with that it makes my life easier so i still have to go in and play with all the settings on that but i, I am happy i went with that 2100 kv because it's perfect it's still like got some punch to it when I, you know, give it the quick throttle, it'll kind of, you know, because right now I have it sitting on something to elevate the wheels so, like, it doesn't take off when you're first messing with everything, and you can punch it and it kind of rocks the car backwards, so I know it's got enough oomph to kind of, like, if I had to kind of 
work it through something. But um, and if I need a little more speed, I could always bump the um, the gear back up a tooth or two because I actually. I'm not running the factory one that came with the kit. I'm running a 12-tooth pinion. I think that's what I did, too, an 11 or a 12. I, I never even drove it with a stock one because I, you know, that came in the kit because I knew, like, right away that from all the talk that the thing was just geared super tall. So I was like, all right, well, I'm going to try and make the best of it right from the start because I don't want to really pull everything apart to get to the pinion again because it's not the easiest access if anybody has one they've torn into it. Yeah. No, and and that's like kind of like what I heard when everybody was saying that it was a little too fast. I was like, all right, well, that's the only way I know you can um, skip, you know, slow down the – uh, or whatever gear down the the car. Uh, I was all right, I better just start with a twelve. So, anyways, I went with that. It, it works. And then my other set, I guess hurdle was getting my uh, four wheel steer to work properly. Um, I've never done four wheel steer before, so having this, um, I guess, be my first you know experiment. Uh, I did. I didn't know what to expect because I just know. Okay, I have another servo. I was thinking, okay, just program it to another switch on my DX5, and I was like, all right. So I started doing all that, and then all of a sudden the car started doing weird things. Like it started, like I if I put it on one switch, it was tied in with my steering. So like when I'd hit the when I'd hit the switch as a two position or whatever to get it to turn the wheel. The, the front wheels were turning, and I'm going like, what is going on? Like, it, it just didn't make sense. So anyways, I had to re – I had basically had to rebind it and start over with a fresh profile on my remote. So I just kind of scrapped that one, and I found out that the DX5C – and I'm sure this is like that with a lot of um, receivers, um, but the DX5C has a four-wheel steer set up in or – or I guess mixing – profile in the radio so if you take so if you set it up properly it basically does everything for you once you say okay my my rear servo is in this you know is in this channel or whatever and or it's it's auxiliary two and it'll mix auxiliary two with your steering and then you just go in and kind of set the profile from there and and it worked and acts that's actually working really well so i'll probably just have to get used to that the best way to describe it is they give you a couple buttons to set it to um, on your receiver or remote, sorry. And when you set it up, it's almost like a like the way I view it is like a dirt bike transmission. Um, you have your first gear or wherever you start out, and you can pick one of the four different profiles, either front wheels, rear wheels, crab walk, or... I don't even know what to call the other one, like where the wheels kind of go in sync. So that way, like you can make like a half moon like circle. And I basically set up the first one to be just the front wheels. Then the second one is where it does that half moon kind of thing, where you can turn a lot easier. And then the fourth, the third one is the crab walk, and the fourth one is just the rear, so you can almost drive it like a forklift. So if you had to kind of like if you're driving straight and you wanted to kick the rear over just a little bit to get onto something or over something you still can do it but 
the cool thing is you just got to remember how many times to click that button up and down. Um, but yeah, no, that worked pretty well. The part that I got to say was the hardest for me, and I don't know how it was for you. And I'm sorry, I know that a lot of people probably already have their capper put together, so they're probably like, this is old news. But for me, it was getting the dig servo to work properly with that dig unit. Um, that was like two hurdles for me in one. The first hurdle was getting that uh, MKS HV69 in that car because it's a bigger footprint than the Spectrum one that they recommend, so it doesn't quite fit in the stock mounts where they want you to mount it. Mm -hmm. So what I did was I used the rear mount because it has that like standoff thing that kind of kicks it out and then goes up. So I used that, and then the one that goes on the side, which would be, I guess, if you're looking at the car, the front mount, what I did was I just cut – I measured what the plastic – you know, riser was, and I just took some, I actually had some small tubing, uh, stainless steel tubing, and I forget what I used it for, maybe it was for a muffler or something a while back, and I just cut that down to size to make a standoff spacer, and what I did was I went down to, if you know what I'm talking about, that standoff has the mounting hole, and then next to it it has that little, like, indexing hole, so the the part can kind of stay where it's supposed to. Right. So what I did was I ended up drill or not drilling, but I ended up setting a 3M screw through the through that spacer I made out of the tube and go directly into that hole. So the servo actually sits at a little bit of a angle, and then that's how it clears the transmission and sits where it needs to, so you can have the throw you need for the arm. Right. But my hardest part was getting those endpoints because it's like that it's such a short throw that I was having such a hard time making it a three position. I had to make it a two position and I and I ended up finally having to set the endpoints kind of equal. Like instead of being at a hundred percent both ways, I set them both to about seventy five percent and then I set the I clicked the um the switch forward so that way it would send the server arm forward and then I said okay that's where it needs to be when it's fully you know engaged and I figured it was about 75 so I said okay now I just got to get close so what I ended up doing was undoing the servo arm and the servo saver lift it up clock it so that way it you know was on a new set of teeth in a certain orientation then I was able to go in and refine set my um, endpoints so that way the servo wasn't kind of straining in either direction and now I got the servo to work still not like perfect perfect and I think that has to do with this design of the dig um, due to the the shape of the two parts that have to interlock mm -hmm. I, th I think that's where the servo saver has to come into play because it needs some sort of room so you're not burning up your servo or it needs some sort of give so I've noticed it's almost like driving with like an old school like uh, Detroit locker. You know, like you're you're going down the road and you make a turn and it locks up, so it locks both tires, um, or vice versa. It's supposed to unlock and you'll be driving straight and all of a sudden you just kind of feel this like boom and then all of a sudden you're like, okay. I've noticed that when I had it on the shop floor when I'm driving. I'll, I'll lock it and it kind of doesn't and it almost kind of clicks a couple times and then all of a sudden like it just finds where it's supposed to be and it just boom and it like engages and you can tell and then kind and then it's a little bit easier coming out of the engaged dig but 
that was the struggles I had. I don't know how bad it was for you. Uh, I had some programming issues because I'm using a fly sky on mine, but I abandoned freewheel and just did the two way because that was really the only way I could get it to work. Because you're right, you know, like there's not a lot of movement. You don't want to like fry it or anything and have it, you know, be sitting there still working when it's you know engaged or disengaged you want it to just stop and not continue to move so it's i don't know it's it wasn't super easy to set up but it works and i'm gonna call it good so yeah and that's pretty much where i'm leaving it at now too i want to see how the four-wheel steer helps me because like i said i've never ran that in a car before so you know i just got to now get it out on the rocks and kind of see how it does and put the four-wheel uh, steer to work. I Four-wheel steer, like, I've had it on one rig before, and it is cool, but, man, I got myself into way more trouble with it than without it. And so I ended up, like, not using it nearly as much as I thought I would, but it was cool. And, like, with the Capra and wanting to do the whole, you know, we rock buggy thing with it, like, I, I wanted to rear steer on it just so that I can say it has it, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, I feel you. And that's kind of why I wanted to do it, because if you look at all those re- we rock um, rigs, they all have, a, well, they m- most of them have rear steer. So I think it'd be, I, that's why I kind of wanted to do it. Um I'm just kind of bummed at myself that I took so long to get it done. But part of that had to do at the beginning was I'm very particular with like my builds and I wanted the rear links to match all the rest of the links. I didn't want them to be like, you know, homemade links or uh, links from another kit because sure. with the, with the Capra, they're very distinctive links now, you know, with that, like the turnbuckle yeah. style with the hole they, in the center. Yeah, they definitely are. They're very unique to that car. And so like, I was like, oh, so to me, it's just going to look like you fell short. So I ended up, um, you can actually, uh, I ended up, no, I'm trying to think now. I think I ended up ordering a whole nother link set with rod. End, like, I think it all comes as a set, the links with the rod ends, um, and I just took the steering ones out of there and applied them to the rear. And now I said, all right, well, I got a replacement link for every other kind of thing. I, to me, the extra, I think it was like 15, 16 bucks, I said was worth it. Um, but, you know, some people are going to be like, no, nah, I'm just going to make it out of whatever, which is totally fine. I just was very particular and I wanted it to look like factory. So, right. and at first, um, the capper was so new they didn't have those parts available like you just got what came in the kit and you couldn't get anything else well then once the parts started showing up I was like okay now I can get on it and then like everything else work life you know all that stuff came into play and it was just one of those alright you're sitting on the back burner for now and yep <laughs> no, I but, but now I mean like I said I've got fire under my butt so I wanted to. I wanted to get it done. So it feels good to finally finish a project when you're working on something like that. Like I, I've got. Oh some, yeah. Like, most most of the stuff here that needs to be done is just little detail things. Like the bulk of everything that I've needed to make for most of the cars here has been done. I just it's little stuff now, which 
is when it's little, it becomes a smaller priority in your mind. So it makes it actually like harder to get it done. So it's, yeah, at some point I want to get them all finished and do the rear steer on the Capra and do the interior on the Wraith so that we've just got some really dialed looking display cars. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. Um, yeah, the wrap you just did for the Yeti Jr., um, the that Can-Am one, the orange and black one, that one's sick. No, I really like that one. I, I like, I'm that more is less, or less is more guy, though. Like, you know, I like very simple schemes and stuff like that when it comes to graphics. And so, like, that thing, like, it's a replica of Casey's current one. And so, like, it just... I don't know. It he's kind of the same way, like less is more, and I really like the design of it and stuff. So I just gotta get a box together and finish a couple other things for him and get that stuff sent off. But hopefully he'll he'll freak out. I'm not gonna like send him a picture of it or anything. So that'll be kind of cool. Yeah, no, that no, it, it looks really good. So he should be stoked. Um, yeah, I I don't know the junior that Yeti Junior is one of those cars. It's just like I don't know what it is. Something about it. It's just so cool. It's so awesome to look at, and you're just like, I don't know. So it's like it's got a special place in my heart. That car. They just they look real. That's what's cool about them. Like they they do look really really good. Like they they did a nice job on them. Like honestly, I think it would be really cool to see some other manufacturers, you know, come out with a Honda or a Polaris or something and you know, kind of turn these into an actual thing. Um, I was talking to Brett at Die Hard the other night. He was over here and we were having a meeting about an event coming up at the end of January. And one of the things I was talking about, I was like, dude, honestly, how sick would it be out at the park where the crawler course is and stuff to have a small like U4 track just for Yeti Juniors with like smaller rocks, smaller jumps and stuff like a whole heat of those things racing would be so rad. I think people would really love that. Oh yeah, no, I agree. That'd be awesome. Uh, kind of like the same thing, you know. Start making the the scale we rock, and I think it's gonna take off. Yeah, I we're I need to do a little more research and find their set of rules because I would like to kind of somewhat pattern the rules for it off of the actual we rock rules for their events, which I think would be really fun. So yeah, no, I agree with you on that. Um, yeah, and then uh, let's see. The other project I have, which hasn't really made much more progress since I mounted the wheels and replaced the rear uh, arms with the bandit arms, is my uh, no-prep drag car. Oh, so, yeah. I, I'm just in the very, like, infancy stages of building mine. I had a uh, associated T5M stadium truck that's like a, you know, it's a race rig, and uh, I found a guy who's willing to trade it for a associated sc10 which is like what people are doing with the db10 and stuff using in the trophy rat using those as a base for their drag cars because it is like the plastic chassis with the rear motor and everything which is the closest to a slash and you know after talking to um tyler zavadil um mm-hmm. he he has me convinced that the rear motor is the way to go so that's what i'm going to uh 
gonna do so the kid's gonna be mailing me out that chassis friday and then i get to start on that build so i already went through and made sure that b4 buggy arms and stuff are available to fit along with like the dog bones and turnbuckles so when that gets here i can throw the buggy arms on it and actually get going because that needs to be done for that event at the end of january because to one of the things we want to pull people in like we've got an entire building for Die Hard rc and mm -hmm. so what we want to draw people into the building is to have a drag strip outside so that people are like, you know, because I don't think anybody's going to have any kind of like drag racing type RC events there. So I thought, man, this would be a really cool way to expose a new segment of the hobby to people and have, you know, because we're supposed to get like 250 to 300 entries for racing and then something like 10,000 people on foot through the entire weekend so it's a fairly big event and I think it'd be a great opportunity to uh, show off the no prep drag racing so we've got a couple guys that are part of the club and stuff that have them and everything so I'm hoping that we can get you know three or four cars at least you know to like make it interesting and draw some people in so I, I think that'll be fun then we're doing a indoor crawling course and I think what we finally decided to do for this is a modular system like what Traxxas has that they take around for demoing TRX4s where it's like two ramps with rock on the faces of them and then kind of a table in the middle and then they just set up like a small course up one side and down the other so I think we're going to do something like that and then introduce some other obstacles and stuff but uh should be pretty cool I think it's going to be a good chance to expose people to the hobby and everything and uh I think it'll be an awful lot of fun so pretty excited about that and I'm worried it's going to sneak up on us way quicker than I am possibly anticipating to because that's just kind of the way those things work well yeah you're going to be in like the same boat that i'm in because <laughs> um we're uh, well we're supposed to be doing an event down at jj customs at the end of january and i'm just like all right i don't even have the motor pulled out of the bomber to put in this i don't have you know like i'm just like i said so this thing's gonna be here before you know it and i'm gonna be like scrambling to put this thing together and then i'll be that guy who's there that hasn't had any test hits, haven't had any trial runs, nothing. And it's going to be like, all right, well, we're just going for it. <laughs> yep. I don't know about you, but I just, I hate, like, robbing parts off of cars, too. Like, I get that it's a necessity sometimes, but for whatever reason, like, there's just some OCD thing with me where it just really bothers me having something laying around that's not 100%, like, put together and ready to go and grab it off the shelf. Like, that, it's just like a pet peeve I have. So here, so here's my problem. So I, and I don't know if I've actually ever kind of like dove into this like more specifically. So the reason why I'm taking the um, the motor and and speed control out of the bomber is because it is the wrong platform for that bomber. Um, back when I was with CKRC and when CKRC was around, I told Jason, I said, hey, I want to, I'm gonna run the Ultra um, 5K at Axial Fest. And this was back. I think 2017, I want to say. Might have even been 2016. But um, I said, yeah, I, I want to run it. Um, and, he's, and he said, all right, cool. And he goes, so what do you need? And I said, well, I'm in the middle of building my bomber kit. I need a motor and ESC. And he said, well, what do you want to run? And I said, well, we put that uh, Castle combo kit in the monster truck. I said it was pretty much it was pretty easy. I know I know it's sensorless, but it's going to be a 
it's going to be more of like a race car, so who cares? I mean, you're going to be in more throttle than slow, so it doesn't matter if it's not censored. And he said, oh, yeah, you should be fine. He goes, I'll send you one out. Well, he sent it out to me, and the first thing I noticed when I opened up the box, the uh, the color of the the logos and stuff, everything was different. And I had the other box from when I installed it in the monster truck, and I'm looking at them both, and I'm going, these aren't the same combos. So I called him back up, and he said it should be fine because he goes, it's a short course. He goes, I forgot that you took the other one, so he goes, I thought that's what you had, so I was sending, so that's why I sent it to you. And I said, oh, okay. Long story short, it flat out says on that short short course setup that. It is designed for four-pound rigs and under. Yeah, I could see that. And that bomber was like a hefty seven to eight pounds. <laughs> yeah. It just, it just didn't like it. I remember I made it through the first lap, and then I'm coming through this one section, and all of a sudden, the car just wouldn't go anywhere. And I'm going, what the heck? So I pick it up. And I put my hand on the on the on the ESC, and the thing's hot. So I'm like, okay, it thermaled out. Yeah, so race like, electronics, man. Like any type of race electronics, really, you're good for about ten minutes. And the way that they perform, they build so much heat afterwards that you're just like, that's pretty much what you're limited to. Because a lot of that stuff, when they design it, you know, it's because like a heat race is five minutes most places seven some and then most main events are seven to ten minutes and so that's really all they're made to run for and then once you start getting above that 190 degrees that's when you start running into some issues with them and can start cooking stuff and everything else so yeah so yeah so that's what basically what was happening and then like it would cool off and i'd throw it on the ground and i'd run again and then about 50 feet you know later they do the same thing so after doing that for almost another lap i think i made it two laps and then i just was over it i was like i still got to do how many more laps of this i said yeah this just ain't for me i said i i can't do it with this with this setup i need to get something better and then i just never got around to putting in a better setup so when the, the no prep drag racing came around i was like perfect i said that car is going to be super light i said and i'm only running it for like five seconds at a time so i was like all right let's do it let's let's just steal it out of there that puts fire under my butt to put a better system back in the bomber and i'm still getting a um i'm still finishing another project so i have that car fully running so um yeah i'm almost calling it that's why i was kind of like wondering if i should actually paint this one a little more like junkyardish because it's almost like a frankenstein build yeah, I mean, that'd be cool. It'd be neat because, to do, like, a primered one and do dents and stuff in it. Yeah, I could probably do something like that because basically what this what this car is is it's a used um, Traxxas two-wheel drive. Um, the only thing really new on that's going to go on it is the body, the tires and wheels, and the rear arms. Everything else is all there. So it's like, oh, and the LCG kit. Um, that's the only thing that's new. Everything else is there. That's an old. That transmission's already been ran. You know, bashing around. So I actually got to open that up and go through it and make sure it's okay, and then regrease everything. And then um, I'm using a MKS HBL 380, and I'm only using that because um, Thomas Cook of MKS has sent me a handful of those that came out of some of the airplane guys. Um, rides. I guess the airplane guys 
like like the serious ones, they only run a servo for so long in their planes before they pull them out because uh, I guess one, if it ever were to have issues and the plane comes flying out of the sky, one, you can seriously hurt people, and two, it'll damage the plane, like it'll you know, explode on impact. And so they're like, yeah, we usually have, you know, how many hundreds or thousands of dollars up in the air. We don't want them coming down. So they send the servos in to trade them out for a, new, a brand new set. Well, Thomas goes, what am I going to do with this? So what he does is he goes through the team and he kind of like sends a couple out to some of the guys doing stuff for the team or you know, showing a lot of support or whatever. It's kind of like a reward thing. So you're getting something that he's not really able to resell, but they might be slightly – well, they are used, but some of them might have chipped gears. Some of them might be fine. Some of them, you know. So I had like four laying around, so I was like, all right, let's throw one of those in there. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, and then – so, yeah, so that's where I got the Frankenstein thing from. So it's like basically all parts that I already have. I'm not really – like, oh, I need to buy a brand new server. I need to buy a brand new electronics. I need to buy a brand new this. It's like, nope, I'm using everything that I have laying around, and we're going to put the car together and go have fun. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. I'm so, excited for it. I'm really excited. I think it's going to be great. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> my goal now is just get it all done. Oh, and of course, I still got to order my wheelie bar. That's the other thing I keep procrastinating with. Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do on. I'm going to have to do some research to find one for the Associated. So, if you remember correctly, um, Tyler was telling us that there's a guy on Shapeways that sells an adapter for almost all the other kind of brands of cars. And it makes it so you can put a slash style wheelie bar on it. That would be cool. Yeah, hopefully I can do something like that. That would be great. So, um, but yeah. So I'm trying to what, see if there's any other new stuff coming out, and I'm not seeing anything yet. No, the other thing I was going to say, which would be kind of cool, uh, if you haven't done it yet, um, I don't know how many of our our listeners are subscribed to some of this stuff on YouTube, but uh, A Main has a YouTube channel, and they have a lot of like cool little like you know, tips and trick videos and review videos. And they actually released a, um, I want to say, what was it? Top 10 or top 13 items of the year or like gift ideas or it was something along those lines. And they had a bunch of, you know, products and, and stuff that came out for the year 2019. And they kind of gave you a quick rundown of, you know, why to buy them and, you know what number they came in so that's a pretty cool video so if you guys are looking for anything that you're like oh okay you know any super late last minute shoppers that are like oh I need to get somebody something you know and they're into RC that list has some fairly inexpensive top items that should be a hit with anybody into the RC you know that's into RC right so good little video to watch I'm actually going to pull up because we could probably knock those out right now too um, we got a handful of questions. Questions. Mm-hmm. And we might have answers for them. No, not today. So, are we boycotting it? Today's not answer day. Hmm. Okay, let's see here. 
I didn't. I also got to say the other thing I want to say real quickly before I find these these questions is I'm actually pretty. Um, I'm actually pretty happy with our jump to. I know we haven't said anything on the show, but um, that push we made to be on Spotify. Uh, I've noticed a, we got a big following from all the people that already have Spotify and are able to listen to us on there now. Um, there's a couple people that have been writing us messages and stuff and congratulating and saying great job and this, that, and the other. I, I like to say thank you. You know, that's awesome that you guys are supporting us. And, you know, it's just awesome to see this grow. Yeah, it's really great. Like, I got just a random message the other day to the SOR email and. It was a dude just congratulating us on doing a good job and said that he really enjoys the show and stuff. So that stuff's awesome to hear because, honestly, this is, like, one of those things that when you're doing it, you're the entire time you're just like, are we doing it right? Are people going to listen? Do we talk about anything anybody cares about? Like, you know, it's when anytime you invest some of yourself into something, you worry about what other people are going to think, you know. And to a certain degree, we you know, we both do, even though that, you know, we've both said – you know, many times that we do this for ourselves because it's fun, but, you know, having people that are stoked on it and excited, that's just kind of icing on the cake, you know? Oh, yeah. Anytime you can give back and people are super stoked about it um, and you're doing something you love, it's awesome. Yeah, it's it's, pretty, it's really cool. I've, I'm super happy that we've gotten the response from everybody that we have and stuff, and I think that you know, like you and I keep talking, this next year is going to be pretty rad, and we're going to have some really great stuff in store. So it's going to be neat. Yeah, we want to come into 2020 with some, uh, you know, maybe not right off the bat, but we definitely have some plans for 2020 to, you know, make it a little bit bigger, a little more professional. So um, just bear with us. We're still working on it. We're still learning as we go. But... Um, here are the questions, and we have three of them tonight. I know I kind of put the feeler out there a little late. I think I put it out around like noonish when I probably should have done it this morning. Probably would have got a little bit more. But um, we got three. Um, one is from Eli Hazen, and he asked, How fast does it go? <laughs> now, I love that question. Now, what are we talking about here? Are we talking about ourselves? Are we talking about our crawlers? Are we talking about our our uh, drag cars that neither one of us have finished building? Like, he what just, are we talking he about? Just, he just wants to know, so I'm just I'm gonna say, you know what? Fast, just fast. Whatever you're talking about, dude, it's fast. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> that that settles that right there. And it uh, does wheelies. If you're wondering wheelies, yes, that too. Whatever it is, wheelies and it goes fast. Yep. Um, and then that should, Ryan, that'll cover us. <laughs> and then Ryan Crowley asks, which I have a feeling this is directed more towards me. Um, how do all of those beautiful MKS servos work in your Capra build? They don't. They're just there for looks. Yeah. They're shiny. He just put a lot of big shinies all over it. Yeah, I just I just wanted to wax them a couple times. You know, get them really shiny inside the car so they just look good while it's sitting there. Yep. Um, no, they all work really well. I'm actually really happy with them. Um, it's not the first time I've used the HBL 550. Um, it is a newer servo from MKS, but it's not the first time I've used it, so I'm happy with that servo. Uh, works great. It is the first time 
I've used the HBL 550 LX. That's that narrow or the slim design one that I have in the rear for the rear axle. Um, the Abby uses that in his race car. Really? Yeah, it's sick. It's awesome. I have the 599 in mine, and it's a little much for a two-wheel drive buggy. But he has the 551 in his and absolutely loves it. Is it the standard one or the LX one? It's the shorty. Yeah, that's the LX. Yeah, yeah. We, we run shorties now in just about every race car. It's weird. I, I don't know when that transition was made, but you know they're huh. obviously more compact and lightweight. So They are, but like the, the first thing I noticed, see, the, here's another area where I was being very, I guess, particular is the, is the, is the correct word or the word I'm going to go with. Um, basically, I was, you know, when I was looking for the servo to use, I was like, all right, let's go with um, – Let's go with you know the HBL 550 because I I know I don't need the 599 like kind of like you were saying oh that's a lot of servo, um and I was like all right let's do that and I was like all right well I'm gonna go with a mini in the back well what should I go with well I was kind of torn because if you look at the one I went with the HBL 550 LX at um. I should probably look it up. All I know is that if you go, if you look at the the 550, the standard one, it's like some, it's a, it's monstrous. It's like four nine. I want to say it's like four nine nine ounces at eight volts, three eighty at six volts, and then um, and it just goes down from there. Or seven point two was the three eighty, then it was three oh three or something like that at. Uh, six volts, so it's it was it's a pretty hefty servo. Now, if you look at the LX version, you almost I wouldn't say cut it in half, but I think at eight volts it was something like I really should look this up so I have it all because um, I'm not as familiar with the sh- with the shorter ones, but um, uh, it'll take me t- two seconds. Yeah, so <laughs> this just shows you because they're on the same it, they they list them you know. Uh, numerically, so the HBL 550 is 527 ounces of torque at 8.2 volts, which is like pretty monstrous for that servo. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think it drops to 49, something like 499 or something like that uh, when it's at the 7.2, and then something like 380 or whatever down when you get down to the six volts. Well, the HBL 550 LX is only 220 at 7.4 because it can only handle the 7.4. So if you set them both at 7.4, the front servo, which does see a lot more abuse, is at 499 and uh, at 7.4, and the rear is only at 222. Now that's kind of like you know you're you're like okay, well why did you go so overkill with one and not so much with the other? I was just trying to keep the the family of servos matching because they both say X5. Uh, they're both the five. They're both the HBL 550 family. Now, if I would have jumped up to like the one you were saying, the HBL 599, I could have went that route, and that one's still pretty is another monstrous one. It's 538 ounces at 8.2, 8.4 volts, and then it's 527 at 7.4. So I could have went with something like that because if you look at that one, you have an HBL 599 SL. Which is the slim version, and even that one's pretty monstrous for what it is. It's 7.4. It's 319. So I was like, well, maybe I can pretty much match it if they're both at 7.4. I said that'll be at 319, and then in the rear and the front will be at 
499 so I said it's a little bit closer but I just said you know what I'm trying to keep them the same it was like one of those personal preference things so that's what I did um, and then the dig servo is the HV69 which again is I guess the second servo I was going to go with the original servo that I was trying to go with was um, the eight the HV sixty one hundred, and that one had the same exact dimensions as that uh, whatever the Spectrum one is, but the problem that I was having was it was a uh, um, the horn using that uh, using the out the out, the horn it was a five millimeter which the problem with that is that servo saver didn't work so for MKS one of the only micro servos that has a six millimeter output or uh, spline size is the HV69 which is still a pretty um, badass little uh, servo because the stall uh, let's say I have everything set at 7.4 uh, where is the 7.4? The 7.4 is still 127 ounces um, at 7.4. So that's pretty crazy out of that little micro servo. Yeah, definitely. Because if you actually look at, like here, I'll pull it up real quick, the micro servo, if you look up that HV6100 that I originally was going to go with because it had the same um, dimensions... Let's see, it's 7.4. It was only 41 ounces of torque. So I'm more, oh, doubling that with this right. other servo. <laughs> so that just shows you how monstrous that little servo is. But um, yeah, so uh, to answer your question, they all work awesome. Now I just got to get the car out on the, on the um, rocks, which was something we talked about a little bit earlier in the show. Yeah, <laughs> you'll do it. You'll love it. It'll be fun. And then the last question is from Chris Trudeau. Um, he says, we all know that in off-road RC racing, certain tires work better under certain conditions. Uh, low profile or slick for hard, smoother clay versus a pin or lug for loose dirt. With all the different tire brand, treads, compounds, etc., how do you pick the right one? Some swear by the Hyrax, others the RC full drive. What about more rocky environments versus dirt or trails? Has anyone made a comprehensive tire comparison guide for the right tire for the terrain? Or, unlike off-road racing, are there more variable like vehicle weight, tire size that make cho uh, choosing too broad. Uh, personally, I have a weighted set of Proline Swampers that work just about everywhere and are my usual go-to tire, wet or dry. Hmm. We've kind of touched this, you know, we've kind of touched this topic a handful of times. Um, I don't mind going over it again at all. I just am trying to think of a diplomatic way to answer all of it without stirring up some big online hissy fit, <laughs> you know? Well, okay. The, I guess the my answer to that is he's kind of already, you know, nailed it on the head. Personally, the there's nothing wrong with the Super Swamper um, XL by Proline. There's nothing wrong with that tire. That was their first XL tire, and that tire worked. 
You took it on the rocks, it worked. You took it in the dirt, it worked. You took it on the sand, it worked. Um, it was just a tire that worked all around. Um, and I'm not 100% sure if that just has to do with the pat, the tread pattern um, with the you know compound that it was because when that first came out, I think it was just the GA compound, which is actually pretty hard. Um, it wasn't until recently that they started adding the Predator pro, uh, compound to a lot of their tires, so I'm sure that will change the enhancements um, or the characteristics of that tire. But really what it comes down to is you almost are just going to have to do trial and error because, I mean, I have a handful of tires that I love, and I have a handful of tires that, you know, they're like, okay, I like the looks of them. They look really well. They fit the build. But they only perform in, you know, uh, the wet, muddy stuff really well. And the dry, they're, meh, okay. And then vice versa. Oh, they work really well in this, but, you know, come to the wet, oh, they, they're horrible. Um, the tire that comes to mind for me with that one is surprisingly the KM3, but I can only apply that to the um, G8 compound because when I got the KM3s, they only came in the G8 compound, and uh, when I went up to the snow, they just, they just, in my opinion, sucked. They would fill up with snow. You basically have slicks. You couldn't make it up anything. You had to have a lot of horsepower to make it up any little slight hill or anything in the snow. Um, and then on the ice, they just kind of slid everywhere. So it was kind of one of those tires, and I think a lot of that has to do with the G8 compound because it wasn't, it's not sticky. So it was a little, it's a, firmer, you know, compound, so I just don't think it had the bite to get into the snow. Um, I've heard other people say they have the Cam3s and the Predator, and those things work great in the snow. So, I mean, an all-around tire for me is going to be really something that just proves itself everywhere, and that might be a tire that you're going to have to try. Um, everybody has their opinions, and that's the hard part. Um, you know, one person's opinion on something may just be, you know, because they're brand loyal or, you know, for lack of better words, fanboy. You know, so that's why they go to a certain one. Then there's other people that are like, oh, no, I've tried this or I've tried that or I've, you know, had this luck with that. And they really do give their two cents. So it is kind of hard to always take what's, like, everybody's word for it. Yeah, it it's tough. Like, and it's that way with anything online because you you ask for people's opinions, and like, there's just there's a lot of bad information out there, and you know, you get like the whole bro factor involved with stuff when you ask for an opinion. You know what I mean? And so it, yeah, it's really tough. I I think that I I hope that people can look to us for relatively unbiased opinions on most things i mean obviously we have like our loyalties to certain brands and stuff but at the same time i feel like we're both really fair about what we talk about and we are open-minded you know and mm -hmm. i know like so here i i think a lot of tire choice it depends on two things it depends on your intended or three things your intended use for the rig it depends on what the rig is and the weight of it. And then it also depends on the environment and temperatures that you crawl at. So 
up here, if you're a dude that can only afford like one set of tires to do everything because it is noticeably colder and wetter up here in the wintertime, then um, the Swampers, even when they were only one compound, you know, the G8, the Swampers were kind of the best all-around tire for this area because they have those big paddle style lugs to chew through dirt and soil you know and then they grip on the rocks incredibly well because there's a lot of big you know chunky tread blocks that have surface area and once they break in they're even more amazing you know once you get all those edges rounded off but i feel like i feel like the swamper kind of like what you said is really like you it's a it's a good choice like if you're unsure of anything i think going with the swamper you'll be happy and especially if you're unsure of what you really want and you want a scale tire i think that's a great choice now i've ran i've never ran predator compound hyraxes only g8 and the g8s i have had wonderful luck with in mud rain wet rock dry hot temperatures cold temperatures like they were just an all-around good performing car um a lot of my builds are replica builds and so i want to have licensed scale tires on them so for that reason i don't choose to run the hyrax even though i do enjoy using that tire um the BFG Crawler in either compound is another fantastic tire that performs very similar yeah. to the um, Super Swamper. Um, my go-to tire, though, and actually I have like three sets of them right now, and uh, both my Class 1 and Class 2 Element Enduros have the uh, KM3s on them. And I was having issues with the Predator Compound and the overdrive on first it was the HPI Venture when we had that, and then now the Enduro. With the overdrive, it was the front wheels are spinning fast, the rear wheels are not spinning as fast, you know, they're going slower, and so you end up kind of like dragging the rear tires when you have overdrive and you're using it in a high traction situation, which a lot of the places that we have up here are because it's like this, like basalt or lava rock and it gets pounded by the wind and seawater and you know the salt and everything and so the surface of the rocks here are very very abrasive from all the weather that gets them and so um it in the summertime especially when you get up into the 80s and 90s like the predator compound honestly like they kind of stuck too good now a weird thing is if is that I have their 4.19s on the Element Ram Charger, mm -hmm. and I did build that transmission with overdrive, and that smaller tire carcass, those ones actually do not wad up inside. You know, they don't, they don't like, wad up and have the wheel turn inside the tire. Um, I've got another buddy who has similar, you know, has ran into similar situations, so... What he ended up doing to combat that is he's running G8 rears with Predator fronts, and it stopped wadding up the tire with overdrive. So it's kind of a weird problem to have. Um, the I've had great performance out of the KM3s. I've driven them in, like, really loose, fine, like, pea gravel and sand-type dirt, and they just, like, 
they just chew through all the loose stuff until they get down to some sort of a hard surface and start biting. And I mean, they just, they perform in dirt really, really well. They crawl really well. And like the swampers, when they do start to get more broken in, they're just incredible you know they work really good and i love the tread pattern i absolutely love the way that the bfg km3s look that proline makes and so i've got those on like i said three different cars and i've driven them in the snow and all kinds of other conditions and uh, the the predator compound is incredible in cold and wet conditions i think our particular you know, like i said it's just a little it's a little too much grip depending on what your rig is so um, I know in this area and then some others, guys have struggled with pit bulls. Um, even the Rock Beast, which is really strange. Um, that's a very popular tire, and they just don't seem to work as well as the Proline ones do. And they, especially when it gets muddy, the pit bulls have such a closer tread pattern that they do plug up really quick. Whereas like the Swampers and the BFGs and stuff, they clean out really, really well. And so that's kind of another thing, like in the wintertime, like before I was sponsored by Proline, I ran Pitbull Rock Beasts, not the, not the XLs, but just the regular ones. And they just like, it had to be just the perfect condition for that tire to perform really well. Otherwise I just, you know, wasn't really happy with them. And so some people have struggled. The, the growlers, a lot of people like for the scale look, and it looks like more like a DOT approved tread design that you would see on a street tire. But those, unless you cut them, those really don't work where we live either. Um, I don't know anybody personally that runs Voodoo Tires up here, so I can't really comment on that. Um, RC four-wheel drive tires, they do pretty well here. Um, I, I think most people would be happier if they came in some different compounds because a lot of people feel that stock compound is a little firm for the area that we drive in, you know, like the, they have the scale looks down and everything and they do a nice job there, but they just, for whatever reason, that tread pound, that tread compound doesn't really perform quite as well as you would expect up here. So it, it's, it's weird, you know, a lot of things factor into a tire choice and the places that I've driven, you know, a variety of places, I can honestly say that the Swamper is probably your best bet if you're on the fence and you want a great do-it-all tire. Yeah, um, it's funny you, uh, you brought up the Rock Beast 2s. Um, <clears throat> that's actually a tire, I remember back in the day, I want to say around 2013, 2014, when, uh, they, when Pitbull first started doing the RC tires uh they came out with those and the first set you could get and this was before the xls uh came out uh was a four four point four six or something like that almost a four and a half inch tall tire it was it, it was a it was a funky size i forget what it was exactly that tire that used to be the Swamper. I mean, everybody, you went to any event, they were running those because those tires, for some reason, um, I don't know what compound they were, but if they got wet, they became super sticky. So, oh, wow. and they would just climb. I mean, people use those to climb up all kinds of stuff. That was like the go to. Well, then once the XL Swamper came out, those became the new go to because you got a little more clearance because they weren't stuck around that four point 
4.64 or 4.46, whatever it is, um, size. And they kind of it kind of took over. And then honestly, I think Proline started catering a lot more to the crawlers. And I think that's when the push for Proline became like the stand, like almost like the go-to tire. Yeah, because like, that's when they stepped they stepped up and made their 4.75 with the XL too after Proline did it. Exactly. And then the 4.75 kind of became that like go-to tire height, which which personally I like. I like that 4.7. It, it's it's a nice size. It kind of gives you that when you're looking at the rig. It's kind of like if you were to find that rig in real life, you're sitting somewhere around like I want to say like 38, 40-inch tall tires, which everybody knows any rig on 38s or 40s just climbs everywhere. Um, so it works really well. Uh, if you're trying to go a little more closer to a scaler tire, you probably want to go to like a 4.19 or that 4. Point, I want to say like it was a 4. Point, six four or something like that um you're gonna want to go somewhere around uh that that size um that'll be probably closer to your 35 37 inch tall tire um but yeah to circle back like you said the hyrax i've never ran them like i've never they're not one of my rigs have ever had a hyrax on it only due to the fact that to me they're not a scale looking tire and that is the only reason why i'm sure they work great i'm sure I probably have super good success with them. I just don't run them because they're not scale, in my opinion. Right. I am excited that Proline has that new Interco Truxxas tire that has just come out. Um, and it's a 4.5, which I think is awesome. I think that's going to be a really nice-looking size. Yeah, the interesting thing is why they picked the the Truxxas. That's like one of the that's like one of Interco's like really weird, you know tire that's like like if you actually look through interco's lineup mm-hmm. all their tires except for the bogger the truxus and the thornbird all have like out of except for those ones i just named they all have that same style tread pattern the tsl is very similar to the sx the and that tread pattern is very similar to the irock the irock is just a little bit more jaggedy it's just really interesting that like the Interco came up with like one tread pattern that works so well and they just change it up a little bit here and there and they have like four or five different models of it and then they came out with the Truxxas, Thornbird and the and the Boggers. It's just kind of to me it's always kind of been funny. Yeah, no, I I understand. It's um I'm pretty stoked on them like one of my favorite tires that Proline has in it's the BFG all-terrain. Like, I love the size because it's not too big, not too small. The The thing I don't really like about 475s is they look like monster truck tires on certain bodies. Like, I, just for the hell of it, one day I took the um, Sendero 4.75 wheels and tires off and put them on the... Uh, on the ram charger and it looked horrible it was just entirely too big and so i immediately was like nope forget it i'm going back to the 4.19s and sticking with that but like the all-terrain what are those like a 4.35 those are great especially when it's hot out um they do plug up with mud a little bit because they are an all-terrain not a mud terrain um but they are a great performing tire in dry conditions um especially on you know big like monoslab rock um there's a guy up here that has the small swampers not the xls 
and he has them on a class one Toyota 4Runner that's like a very small first gen 4Runner body, not the RC four wheel drive one. It's a Lexan one that came from Team Blue Groove, and he has that body on it with XR10 width um, beef tube axles, you know, Air forty fours under it, and he has the small Swampers on it. And dude, he kills people with that thing. Like it, it's just absolutely amazing. It works really good. Like basically, it it sounds like it's a goofy look at first until you see it and it actually looks really cool like a old school forerunner on one tons is what it looks like and uh that smaller tire works really well i mean i see him get up stuff that guys struggle with with xl size tires even and those have been great so it, excuse me no that's his class two that's not his class one he uses those small ones in class two that's right but uh no they're i mean even those have been a great tire so i i don't know i'm i'm anxious to try a set of these i have no idea what i would put them on because everything i've got right now has bfg plastered all over it but it would be really cool to uh, get a set of those and see what they're all about it's the size is right like the size makes me really happy i'm glad that they're kind of listening to the public and paying attention to what the trends are and going with some smaller tire sizes now Oh yeah. And, uh, yeah, it, it, I think it's just a sign of the times of what's coming out. It's like, you know, some of these vehicles, they're trying to be very scale. So if you're trying to go more like a scale size, you're not going to want to go with the 4.75s all the time because it doesn't always look right. Like I'll be honest, I love the size of the 4.75, especially on your larger bodies. Like my, um, the blazer, the yellow blazer, they look awesome because it kind of fits that style. Like when people lifted like those back in the day, they put big meaty tires on them. So it just kind of fits the style. But I could totally see what you're saying. Um, they look rad on like the one nine Wraith. Like four point seven fives look killer on the one nine Wraith. It's the perfect size for the wheel openings and everything else. And you know even the it's weird. I've seen really small tires and then even four seven fives on the Enduro Sendero body. Uh, elements and I, I really like how both look um, guys trim the fender flutters off for 4.75s and it looks rad and they keep them on for small class one tires and it, they look fantastic that way so I mean it you're right it, it is a hundred percent dependent on the body that you're running because your tire and wheel tr- your tire and wheel choice next to a body are kind of the second most important part of establishing the look that you're going for with any build and uh you know it's it's good to have that option there you know and find something that's gonna be sized appropriately because i think that's with me and my personal taste i think that's like one of the number one places where people go wrong with stuff is just throwing way too big of tires on it yeah um and then it comes into other things which i know we've also you know talked about uh in the past too is you know, when people run too large of a tire for the vehicle, they end up um, they end up trying to lift the body up higher, and then you create all like the weird gaps and like the fitment issues, and it looks funky. And oh god, like know. the bumper and body gap, like that is one thing that bugs me so bad on builds. Like, get that bumper tight to the body, do whatever you have to to make that work. You know, because otherwise it just looks goofy as hell. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, it just, like I said, it's just, it's cool, um, like, when people want to keep everything proportional, so like I said, with these new tire sizes coming out, it's going to give you more options 
to stay scale. So, and then we won't be, you, you know, you almost need to make that a sticker. Help cure bumper and body gap. Yeah, just say no to bumper gap. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the other thing too is, and this is going to be my only rant and rave of this episode. Like, I don't want to get like too like crazy, like negative on anything. But my other thing that always is, it's a personal opinion, but uh, I just don't understand when some people put a you know an aftermarket truck body, whether it be a Proline truck body, a Parma truck body, or a Jake Concepts, you know how they mold the factory bumper into the into the body that they're doing the vacuum form of. <laughs> yeah, and I think I know where you're going with this. I feel the it same gets, way. <laughs> it gets so annoying to see somebody do that, and then they go and buy like a. Uh, uh, RC foil drive bumper or a wordy made bumper <laughs> and then they stick it on there and you're like so your bumper has a bumper that's the the plan b bumper like i mean i'm sorry like i, I don't know like, i see that a lot with the toyota um the proline sr5 and the toyota 4runner i see that a lot and it's I started laughing because I was as you're speaking, I was thinking like RC four wheel drive bumpers because that's what people do. They'll buy like the Rock Shield bumper and throw it on, and you've got three quarters of an inch of gap between that bumper and then like the factory bumper that's molded into the body, and you're just like, what am I looking at? Like it looks like it's got just the gnarliest body lift on it that anybody has ever done to a four wheel drive vehicle. It just looks crazy. Yeah, and that's exactly like what I'm saying. It's just like, oh my god! It's like, okay, are you gonna go take your your vehicle out there that you have, and you're gonna go lift it and do all the stuff to it, and then are you gonna go tell the four wheel drive shop, yeah, I want you to put that off road bumper, attach it to my frame, but make sure it sticks out in front of my stock bumper. You know, it's like, no, you. you it, it looks goofy. It take does. It off. You take it off and you just put the the aftermarket bumper that you're putting on. That's that's my whole that's my only whole you know gripe about that whole thing is just if you're gonna do it, take the body scissors or take an exacto knife, cut off the factory bumpers that come with the with the body that are molded in and just run your aftermarket and then get those gaps perfect. If you have to lower the body a little bit, you know whatever it is, do it. Go from there. So. Yeah, and you know, like like we always say, you guys do you do your own thing and build what you want to see and stuff. It's just, I I feel like we would be doing people a disservice if we didn't criticize that choice just a tiny bit. To you know, because everybody's like, "What can I do to make this more scale?" And they'll post up a picture or something, you know, and uh, that's always asking for like the haters to come out of the woodwork and start picking on you, but. If there's one thing we can help you with in your journey of creating your ultimate scale ride, it's control your gaps, people. Like, just control your gaps. Yeah, exactly. Control your gaps. Only you can prevent body gap. <laughs> Only you can prevent unsightly body gaps. <laughs> We're, we're going to go to hell for that one. <laughs> you can donate $1 a day to adopt a scale RC enthusiast, and for a dollar a day, you can help him reduce his bumper gap today. Exactly. Oh, yeah, it's, I don't know. There's some crazy stuff people do, like putting skids on axles. 
Like that's a weird thing too. And I, I can't possibly see how that would work good because everybody knows plastic slides better than, you know, plastic slides better than metal does. And you're throwing a stainless steel sheet metal shield over the pumpkin housing that has very sharp flat edges all over it to get hung up on stuff. It's like, I, I can't imagine that that is going to work good. And plus it's, it's not really something that you see in real life anyways though. So like, that's another thing. If you're going for like some scale detail, like don't do that either. Yeah. No. I mean, I mean, if someone wants to build something ridiculous, do it, you know, like don't, you know, we've always preached like do what you want and the freedom to do whatever you feel like is what's great about this hobby and stuff. It's like, totally like you know you do not need to listen to us we are not claiming to be the law or the authority on any of the stuff like this you know like you can go other places for that but with us it's just do what you want if we can offer a little bit of help and a little bit of insight as to what we think looks cool which i feel like we both build some pretty cool looking rigs then you know if we can help in any small way then rad you know like that's that's what we're gonna do so just don't don't take it to heart and feel like we're picking on you guys if you happen to own something that we're talking crap about right now because it, it all boils down to whatever makes you happy anyways. Don't, exactly. don't listen to us. We're just a couple of clowns judging people, so don't listen to us. Yeah, we're just like, – like you said, we're just trying to make it a little more um, – you know, we're just – we're just trying to help out, you know, the – community if you're like looking for our opinions on what would make it scale hence this being that scale rc show that is the opinions we're giving if you want to make this whatever rc car you want then that is up to you go start and... the the bumper gap rc show if you want <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh... <laughs> That was a good one. Oh, that was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I say dumb shit a lot. That's okay. It makes me laugh. That's all I care about. I think it makes all of us laugh. <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know. I mean, I just don't want to sound like the guy picking on people or like, you know. Should, like that, because that's one thing that bothers me is when dudes are like, "I am the authority on this, and this is what's cool, and this is what isn't, and this is how it needs to look, and that's never gonna work, and that looks terrible." It's like, dude, people get enough of that, like in day to day life on Facebook, anyways. Like, just you know, when it comes to something like this, like, you know, I don't know. I like the fact that we kind of just give it a rest and just speak frankly about this stuff and at the end of the day we're still both like hey this is just two dudes that care about this hobby and one works in the hobby one's been in the hobby longer than the dude that works in the hobby and we happen to mesh well and share the same opinions on a lot of stuff and want to share that with people so that's kind of our lengthy mission statement I guess you could call it yeah, and I think it'd be funny. I don't know how much of a pain in the butt this would be, but dude, you gotta make a you gotta make a logo that looks like ours that says that bumper gap RC show, and we gotta post it up. Not say a word and say if you've listened to episode thirty, then you know. Yeah, exactly. No, I'll do that. <laughs> That's super funny. I'll do that tonight. That'd be great. Uh, that's gonna be great. Um, 
yeah, to kind of come full circle with what you said too, I know I said that was going to be my only rant and rave. Um, it's just something that I've seen a lot lately on you know Facebook, kind of like you were saying. Um, there's too much like right now, I think there's too much negativity going on in the it's RC. It's been community. bad the last six months, dude. And it's been, yeah, it's been really bad. And I know like I don't want like – I don't want to sound like I'm beating a dead horse, so I'm just going to just get to it, and then we can move on. But, you know, there's a lot of, like, senseless posting going on lately, like people just, you know, stirring the pot for no reason. It's like, you know, and I get it. Some people thrive off drama. Some people thrive off the the getting online and having their keyboard battles back and forth behind you know on Facebook or in the comment section on Instagram. But you know what? If you're gonna seriously spend that much time worrying about it, I think you need another hobby. You could start. I, you could start that scale RC PP length <laughs> contest. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> It's just, I mean, come on. I mean, you know, it's just like, it's, you know, like you said, we're here to grow this hobby, you know, give back, you know, to the hobby and, you know, make it fun for everybody. And when you get these people online that are constantly battling with each other, you know, and I get it. There's your there's your normal camaraderie of the, the oh, you know, the Axial SEX 10-2 is bet is is the best change my mind oh no the element sendero is the best change my mind it's like oh you know and you get like you have all the the people that do that and that's normal it's like you know that's kind of the same stuff you see with like real auto you know people you got chevy fans ford fans toyota fans jeep fans i mean you got all that stuff so it's like that doesn't you know surprise me and like the going back and forth the tongue and cheek stuff's fine but like the stuff where they're just you know, waging war on each other. <laughs> yeah, you got companies waging war on each other for nothing. At the end, you guys are, like, in my opinion, you're hurting yourselves. It's like, you know, when it's all said and done, you know, like, I don't know. Maybe because in my, you know, in my real career, I'm self-employed, so you have to think of business, you know, image, and you have to think of how you conduct yourself. And... To see these companies just like come out and, and make posts and you know whether they're you know 100% directed at somebody or there there's a hidden message in it and it's still directed at somebody. If you think about it at the end, it's like, what do you think your um, what do you think your consumers are gonna say? You know, they're gonna sit there and look at it, and go, well, if this guy's just you know, being an internet bully or, you know, stirring the pot for no reason, do I really want to buy anything from that person? And, you know, they might take their business elsewhere. And then it could work, you know, as a double-edged sword. Then you could have these other people that are like, oh, I love that this guy just says it, you know, how it is. And, you know, he doesn't think of anything and he doesn't think of the repercussions of what he's saying. I'm going to support him. Yes, it can go both ways. I can see that. In the end, if you think of it as a business, you almost got to think, okay, ultimately, how is this going to reflect my business? Yeah, it's that. that that and like the other thing too is like businesses reining in their employees too online. Like that's another thing that would be nice to see. Yes. No, I I I 110% agree on that one too. Um cuz 
you know, I know that it's this way with a couple of the sponsors that I'm with. You know, they say be positive, always have a good, you know, online presence, or if you're wearing or supporting anything, like making a post or whatever, make sure that it's, you know, professional because if they come across something like, you know, you said something wrong or you bullied someone or you did something, they'll strip you of your sponsorship and they'll drop you right then and there. And you'll have no chance to, you know, then you can come back with your, oh, sorry, you know, it was just a da-da-da-da-da or it ain't going to happen. You know, sometimes there is no sorries and it's not going to happen again. So right. you got to think a couple steps ahead when you're going to say something. And if you ultimately at the end of the day think, I don't care, it's me, freedom of speech, whatever, more power to the you. great but, scapegoat <laughs> freedom of speech but, but yeah but you know what they use that for everything oh it's a freedom of speech i get it it's the freedom of speech okay but, it's, but it's, freedom of speech isn't always the best choice though but that's what the, you nailed it freedom of speech doesn't always mean that it's the right thing to do just because it's it's that way with everything. It's like I mean I remember like my mom always saying that to me when I was younger and I you know and I wanted my license, you know. Oh, your driver's license is you know it's a privilege. Just because you turn 16 and just because you're of the age to get your driver's license doesn't mean you are required to or obligated to. So it's like the same right. thing. Just because you have freedom of speech doesn't mean you have to express that with everything that's going on. Right. And here's one other thing too, and forgive me if this is something you were going to touch on also and I'm like stealing it out from underneath you, but um, when you are online and you're engaged in a situation like that, you, or if you share or overshare something, anything like that, it's like you need to prepare for whatever the ramifications are. You can't be like, oh, I'm just speaking my mind and expect people not get upset. Like everybody gets upset about everything right now. It's just whatever is in the water is, you know, people are freaking out about just anything and everything, you know, and they don't like what people say. But when you are in a situation like that, where you are engaged in trench warfare with somebody online like that, and especially if you are a, a business owner, you need to be thinking about the fact that it's not just going to affect you you're putting your sponsored drivers in a very uncomfortable position because somebody is going to approach your driver now and they're going to say, oh man, I see you're running for so-and-so or whoever, you know, that is, you know, man, that guy's a real dick online. Like, geez, I, I can't believe you drive for him. And then your driver has to make excuses for you or, you know, like it, it's really an unfair position to put people into because you are oftentimes judged by the company that you keep, you know, and there's some very real consequences to that. Um, you can cry and say that that's not fair and that, you know, I don't care if someone judges me based on who I'm around. Well, if you truly don't care, then, you know, all right, be prepared to deal with it, you know. So it it's a crap position to put people in all the way around. And I, I don't understand, like, I'm one of those people online, like, if you leave me alone, I'll leave you alone. Like, and, and I kind of, I follow that 
rule every day with just daily life too you know it's like with business and stuff like if you have a problem or something like that like your tone that you set with me from the beginning 100% determines what my reaction is going to be you know because if you're being an asshole you're not really going to get anything out of me if you're being rad and reasonable like you know you're going to get way more out of me that way you know and it's that way with a lot of people and I think maybe it's the parent in me, but I kind of want to just like grab these guys and shake them by the shoulders and just be like, you know, listen, stop being assholes to each other or, you know, and there's going to be very real things that happen because of this. And that's something that needs to be taken into consideration, you know, like people just need to stop being so shitty to each other. It's terrible. Oh, I agree. And like you already said it, like, you know, sometimes that's why I said you got to think these things through before you go through with it. You know, you nailed it. There's people that get stuck in the crosshairs and there's, you know, and they're left kind of picking up the pieces, whether or not you intended that. It's just the way the cookie crumbles and it's the way it goes. So super funny, quick story here that I want to share before I forget it. That's totally falls in line with what we're talking about. So I, I ditched out the, our local club after four years, I was just over it. You know, we had like a change of people show up and I was just kind of tired of, you know, I missed the old group that we had. They were great. These new like millennial kids weren't so great. And so when I made the decision to shut the club down, because the guy that was going to take over, wasn't really, you know, doing a whole lot as far as like continuing things or even contacting me. I remember announcing it, and one of this one of these guys is like, "Well, what do you expect from a guy who lives in his mom's basement?" So immediately, I get pissed, right? Like anybody would that you know mm-hmm. has a really personal insult like that. And I was like, "Man, this is why I don't want to do this for you guys anymore because you're a bunch of mouthy dickheads. You know, you're just a bunch of unappreciative mouthy dickheads." And that's what I had put. And this guy is like, well, I'm not trying to be a mouthy dickhead. I'm just trying to understand why you're doing it. And I'm like, hold on. You full on said you live in your mother's, you know, what do you expect from a guy who lives in his mother's basement? Like, you're not trying, you're trying to tell me that you're not trying to be a mouthy dickhead after just saying something like that? Like, dude, you know, you made your bed just now. You sleep in it. Like, what did you think was going to happen? You know? And he's like, well, you know, it's stupid to fight over toy cars. And I'm like, yeah, but that's not what this is. You just open this up to taking it on a very personal level right now. And that kind of, you know, throws everything right out the window that you were trying to do. So, you know, it's like if you're going to be prepared to wage war on people online and stuff, which is stupid anyways like be prepared for the fallout of it you know it's like don't talk shit to people if you're not going to be able to take it back or you know i mean even worse maybe somebody's gonna see you out somewhere one of these days and be like hey dude i kind of want to throttle you right now you know (laughs) like you know it's like you got to think about this shit because you're not protected behind that little keyboard when you're out in the real world and at events and stuff like that but see this is where and I know this could be a whole other topic for another time, and I don't want to like – like I said, I, I don't want to end on a negative note. Right. Um, but that's where I'm saying like you know, social media could be a double-edged sword. You know, It could be great for business. It could be great for marketing. It could be great for advertisement, but it can also be a breeding ground for 
the what people always call internet trolls and the keyboard warriors, the ones that just get on there, get harp on you, this, that, and the other. And it's actually funny. Um, I mean, I don't know. I might have to edit it because I don't want to be dropping too many you know, F-bombs, but I saw a post today by somebody that's pretty well-known. Um, at least I like to think he's pretty well-known. And what in and what he's saying is it 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 could be applied in almost any se- like setting or scenario, and it's uh, I'm sure you've heard of him. His name's Yeti Built, you know, and he goes on Instagram by oh yeah, that guy's rad by the Jeep called Yeti. Yeah. So I'm not 100 percent sure what's going on because like, you know I haven't really seen any drama in his stuff. So like I'm not sure what sparked this. But it's like maybe it's just this time of year or something, or maybe it's just the, this time of age that people are getting this way. And he actually, like I said, he put this post, and I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I'm just going to read it real quick because I screenshot it earlier because I thought, oh, this could be a cool topic. And basically what he's saying is nothing in this life is easy, so stop acting like the ones around you both in the physical world and or on social media are eating your slice of the pie. It's time to man the F up and put in the work. Understand there's no such thing as an overnight success. Realize in this life you get nothing for free. Oftentimes it takes years of hard work and dedication to get what you think others have gotten for nothing. So stop wasting your time bitching about it. Set some goals, make a plan, and systematically grind away until you manifest your dreams into reality. But do this with the understanding nothing will be easy, and with success comes resistance, sometimes in the form of naysayers and haters. The beauty in that is how you digest and understand those situations. Oftentimes, those that try and create drama or push against the things you accomplish are only doing that because you are the physical reflection of all their insecurities. Stay uh, militant uh, minded and smash the average yeti that's awesome dude he's that sounds like a bj baldwin post like he sounds like just old school way of thinking and that's something that i can really appreciate as people that speak like that and speak very true words you know um i don't know you know this is a time in our history where there is a lot of civil unrest and i it's weird that a lot of that gets manifested in the scale RC hobby, you know, like this, like cloud of unhappiness that and tension that people are living under right now. Um, you know, especially in this country. So in my mind, scale RC should be your escape from that. Exactly. And like, and this show should be your escape from that as well. And a chance to appreciate this hobby for what it really is, which what it really is, is playtime. You know, this, this hobby is playtime and it is a break from the real world and all of the BS that goes along with it. And I think people need to get back to the roots of the hobby and learn to appreciate it for what it is versus a dick measuring contest which it is not because it's toy trucks and the rest of the world is like laughing at us when they are on facebook you know your friends and family or whatnot that aren't involved in the hobby and they see your ridiculous posts where you're furious or venting you know and and like i've gotten mad and vented about it too in the past you know it's like that's something that i'm you know definitely trying to like 
change about my personality and adopt more of a role model or leadership role to where not not like not leadership necessarily but like maybe some little helping hand that can help people get back to the roots of what started all this which is playtime and time out from all the bs in the real world and I don't get why there has to be so much drama over something like this. Like, there's drama in the racing world with RC, but it's nothing like the scale RC drama. The scale RC drama is on a whole other level of pettiness than the racing drama, and it's really bizarre. And I think until moderators and employers and people like that are willing to take that first step and start reprimanding people for shit behavior um i don't see it getting any better you know um the only other way if the moderators aren't going to do it then it's up to people as individuals to try and do it so i would much rather be one of those individuals that has fun and enjoys this because it's a break from real life and it's my happy place that i go to and uh I feel like there's absolutely no excuse for it not to be that same way for everybody else. You know, just when you're online, exercise a little bit of self-restraint and uh, don't be assholes to each other and everything will be fine. Yeah, you couldn't have said it any better. And that's that's basically why I wanted to read that little that little post that he did today because I think the best part about it is that part where he says, of course you're going to see haters and naysayers, but it's how you take that situation and what you do with it is ultimately how you're going to achieve what you want to achieve. You could either let it get to you and retaliate and make a big, you know, like you said, wage war online, or you can use it as fuel to just keep putting your head down, put in the work, do what you want to do. And like I said, that can be applied to anything, you know. That means make, make rad shit and piss everybody off about it. Exactly. And just, you know, do your thing. I mean, there's so many people in this hobby that are doing such cool stuff and you know mark my words 2020 we are gonna see a lot of cool stuff come out um, and I'm sure some of it's gonna upset people the other is you know and other people are gonna be super stoked but at the end of the day I mean we got we got some serious talent in this industry and you know it shows I mean I know we got to get him on here one time, and he's kind of fallen off, but I get it. You know, he's in high school. But uh, Nick Lapp, I mean, he's going to be 17 years old this year, and he's been welding for a little over a year now, I want to say. And he makes some cool stuff. And he's, like I said, he started when he was like 15 years old. So, I mean, it's it's nuts. And, you know, you got your Kyle Listles that you know are making these rad chassis and I mean there's just so many people putting in like some serious work to make cool things for all of us to buy let's not take them and turn them into negatives and support these companies that are putting out quality stuff and allowing us to just have fun yeah and like treat them right too you know especially with the holiday season too like that's i keep bringing this up in social media posts lately but with the holiday season and stuff like for one you know it's kind of the rule of thumb that christmas time you should try you know try and be nice to everybody but like man you know shipping is gonna be crazy right now 
you know you know that this is the time of year that packages get lost delayed rerouted all kinds of stuff airports get closed down for a couple hours due to snow and ice which delays deliveries and like this isn't new this has been going on forever so like you know can control yourself in your mouth and your fingers because you know it, it this is just expected at this time of year and just remember that these companies and even shipping companies are regular people just like you and life throws you uncontrolled circumstances sometimes so just don't be an ass about it you know just be try and be more understanding i mean don't try and burn down somebody's business because you don't like them or whatever, you know. It's like that makes you look worse than they ever do, you know, like, and people don't realize that. And, you know, when you do get upset, like, take a deep breath, step away for a few minutes or whatever, because whatever you say online, that shit's permanent. You know, people screenshot it. Like, I don't care if you delete it later. Like, it's there still somewhere floating around and somebody has it. So, you know, if you need to take a give yourself a quick little time out then you know great um that's definitely the mature way to handle it and uh do it that way or the best thing is just say your piece and leave it alone like nothing is more frustrating to online a-holes than not getting a rise or a response out of you like that that makes people matter in anything you know and it's like you show some guy that's being a dick to you that he's not worth your time and just say whatever be like hey this is how I feel. This is my Facebook page. Get the hell off of it and move on. Don't engage in some stupid little pissing match because, you know, it, it, you're going to get way better results just making them feel like what they had to say is just invalid and doesn't matter to you at all. Exactly. And there, there's a lot of like power that you can give yourself by ignoring things like oh, a, yeah. lot of, a lot of power. And my final words on the whole thing, and we can go to something happy to end the show. <laughs> what did our parents tell us when we were growing up? You don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. Oh, that isn't what I heard. It was stop sticking your hands down your pants. But that's, <laughs> that's close. <laughs> like, that, that's all I ever heard, but okay. Well, I don't want to know what you're doing then. I, I, I was young. I don't remember. But yeah, no, I actually never heard that from my parents. So watching you're you're watching too much um, married with children. That's got to be it. You're 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 uh, mimicking um, Ed Bundy. Bundy. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Beer in the hand down the pants. That's the way men act when they grow up and get on. (laughs) So that's what you want to emulate as a small child. (laughs) And sell women's shoes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh man, man! All you know, like I said, I, we've said this before, and I don't want to get off topic because I this is that Scalar C show, not that, remember the '80s sitcom show. Um, <laughs> but dude, the late '80s, early '90s sitcoms, dude, those were the best. There was no such thing as political correctness back then. Oh my gosh! I like, mean, not I, even close. I love watching I love watching some of that stuff on like TV land or like some of the you know some crazy like you find some show and you're or some channel and you're like man I remember this show this is great and you start watching it and you're sitting there I mean oh you know from married with children 
to like the I'll say it and I'll probably get a lot of flack for this, but like the original Roseanne, not the thing that's out now and like I'm talking like the first three, maybe four seasons, not the ones where they got a little far fetched at the end. But like and then um oh what else did we have? Uh then you had Cheers. Cheers was freaking hilarious. That was I mean, a good show. There's so many and you're just like, what happened to all those shows? Even like some of the ones that came out in the early to late or early to um, mid '90s, like uh, Home Improvement. I mean, just classic funny shows. Yep. But uh, we can't reminisce in the past. We That's why do... I'm glad there's still like South Park and Family Guy because like I love those shows <laughs> like that. That's my kind of humor, and I get it. And like I, even me, there will be times where. They'll say something, and I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe that they just did that. You know, and it's like those are some of the best comedic moments in those shows is when they just say something that's so outrageous or, like, terrible that you're just like, oh, my God, that was brave. I love it. Yeah, it. Yeah, some of the shows that, like I said, we do have a couple contenders that are out right now that are in, you know, like you did with the South Park um, and Mm -hmm. and all that stuff, but – um, still, there's something about just, like, back in the day being able to say whatever. And it's like everybody just took it as a tongue-in-cheek thing. I mean, I remember watching one of the episodes of Married with Children, and he and he's, like, looking through, like, which this will show you my age. And he's looking through the TV guide, and he's reading, like, what's coming on. And he goes, oh, this should be the, the night that uh, it was some made-up cowboy thing, you know, uh, that they were in love with. Um, in that show and he's like it should be on and he goes what he goes it's not there he goes 10 o'clock Roseanne and he like (laughs) and he shuts and I mean like they used to take shots at each other's sitcoms and it was like a joke like they'd laugh and then the next one would do something back and it was like everybody got along now it's like did you hear so and so shamed this this uh, daytime Emmy drama series on whatever and now they're taking to Twitter and it's like oh Break. Well, the thing is, and especially with like news outlets and stuff, you know, and I don't, I don't want to go like too far off the path here, but like bad news is the only thing that sells. Like people like drama and conflict because it sells, you know, you get watchers, you get listeners, you know, and it's like, oh, what are they going to say next? Oh, gosh, you know, and that's what, you know kind of starts all of this stuff yeah and i think like you kind of said it and i know we keep like trying to like get off the topic but it's still kind of (laughs) lingering. but unfortunately you know that's just the way it's going and i think i think it's because people have been so like see growing up like you used to have to like not pick up your cell phone but pick up your pick up an actual landline phone and call your friends and say hey can Johnny play today you know like like you actually had to put forth effort not this like texting and you're like sup and it's like you know and they everything yeah. comes through like the screen so it's like if they want to say like if somebody wants to say no I don't want to go to that movie it's easy to say cuz you're not saying it to their face and it's kind of like I think the same thing kind of happened is people got disconnected with like human interaction so now when they get like stuck in their own rut they see like it's so much easier to see this person's drama so like oh like you said what are they gonna say what are they gonna do next and it's so much easier to just be like 
nosy mates and worry about you know other people's lives and it's like I get it you know I'm not saying don't be worried about like your friends your families whatever but like one person's feuding it out with this other person and then you get these other people getting involved that are kind of like stoking the fire that are like naysayers that are stuck in between and they might even be the ones that want to see the fight you know get bigger so they provoke it and they they provoke this person and provoke oh, yeah. that, you know yep, absolutely but like i said we've been what was that uh, that that body gap bumper that, that bumper gap RC show. <laughs> we've been we've been uh, that uh, stirring the pot online show. I mean, we've we've like we've worn multiple hats tonight. We have actually, we really have. Yeah, but, and honestly, like the I don't know, like this is probably like the last thing that I really have to say about any of it. But like, if there's one thing that I can say, especially as a business owner, because you navigate a whole different set of problems online than you do um, if you're just a enthusiast in the hobby, but like the road to online happiness is paved with your moments of going, you know what? I don't care about this. You know, I'm not going to say anything. I don't care. And it's kind of like my attitude towards like the presidency too, things like that. It's like, you know, my life isn't any different under Trump than it was under Obama. And I'm not going to be in a freaking fit of rage over something that I cannot control because it's not a healthy way to live, you know? And so like you can give yourself a lot of freedom by just not giving a shit and walking away about with from stuff, you know, and there's a lot of, like I said, there's a lot of power associated with that. And so, you know, if there's one thing I can tell you for 2020 that will make your life easier and hopefully replace shitty moments with fun moments. And that is just enjoy the fact that you can just not care because really what's it going to do anyway. So some dumbass is arguing with you about what the best tire is online you know, like, don't let it get to the point where you're telling the dude to stick a shotgun in his mouth, you know, like, just instead, just, like, you're not going to change that dude's mind, leave it alone, you know, like, are you so sad that you have nothing to do at night, do you not have a wife or kids or girlfriend to go home to or a favorite TV show, like, this is truly the way that you want to spend your time, yeah, it's like, man, I'm sorry, but, like, if you're a troll that's like that, like, you're just a sad piece of shit, and don't be that sad piece of shit this year. So that's my yeah, word of advice. You want to be the happy piece of shit. Hanky like me. The, no, no, Hanky the Christmas poo. That is me all day long. <laughs> uh, or turn stuff into a joke. That's the other thing. It's like if somebody's mean to you or they're being a dick online, like make a joke about it. You know, like sit there and be like, man, this guy, I'm really pissed at him right now. But you know what? Like... He strikes me as a dude who has some very odd bedroom habits, most likely. So, you know, I'm just going to tell myself that he's kind of a weirdo behind closed doors and giggle about it. And it's not an issue. You've turned it into a funny thing that you can make fun of the dude in your head, you know. And it it just, there's a lot of ways to deal with these situations like that, especially when it's, you know, two people that aren't agreeing or seeing eye to eye. You know, like, walk away, say your piece and walk away, or turn it into a joke, you know. Yeah, and I'm glad you said that you added the in-your-head part because I was like, man, you're about to nullify everything we were just talking about. 
yeah, no. I mean, it's like, for me, what I do when I deal with people that I don't like or they, you know, like, just somebody who's given me a hard time, you know, like, I, I just turn it into a joke and don't take them seriously. And then next thing you know, you're just not upset about it anymore because they are a joke. They don't affect your life in any way. Like, you know, Joe Blow with his whatever, you know, sense of authority he has in the hobby, like, you know, just be like, man, that dude, you know, I don't like him. It's kind of sad that he is this, like, you know, embroiled in online turmoil and stuff, but I'm just going to make fun of everything that I can about him in my head and create a joke about it. And then you're not mad anymore, you know, and it sounds like kind of a funny thing, but honestly, it really does work. You know, it's like give somebody a nickname, you know, like just something like that to take that aggressive edge away that you're feeling, you know, that's making you want to start frantically typing and light the dude up. Like just, you know, free yourself of that little bit of anger and you're going to go a really long ways. Yeah. The other thing you can always do too is this is my method. I just don't really even check. Like I'm honest, I'm rarely on Facebook. So if you, if you don't go on the source of the problem, you usually don't see the problem. So that's another thing too. So if you disconnect yourself from some stuff, you know, and it's not going to kill you. I mean, I do it all the time. I make it a habit now. I might check, I usually check Instagram in the morning maybe on my lunch break but like I'm working all day I don't have time to sit there and dwell it's like I check okay this is what's going on that's what's going on alright cool but Facebook I do gotta say that is my least checked in thing so like usually when I get on I have that little 9 plus next to my notification thing and some of the stuff and that's why I apologize so if anybody's ever tagged me in anything or said anything if it takes me a little bit to get back to you or to comment or to realize it excuse me was there that's that's my reason why, because I'm rarely on. Yeah, that's that's how it is with me. Like, I don't live online, so like, if you want to get a hold of me or something cool, but like, don't get mad that I'm not talking to you on a Sunday about like your order or just RC stuff in general, because chances are I'm out doing something and having fun. So, you know, it's like I don't I don't live online, and it's unfair of you to think that you have some sort of say and the fact of you know how I spend my fair time or you know oh this is how you should be doing it and this is you know good customer service and whatnot and it's like well you know there's also being a bad customer too (laughs) so you know there is that to factor into and if you're unwilling to leave me alone at 11 o'clock on a Saturday night about your toy car stickers then you know don't expect me to care at the same level that you do because you know it, it truly does not matter yeah okay let's see how can we end this on a positive note did you see baby yoda you know mandalorian that's a happy note you can't even be mad when you like see a picture of baby yoda you know that is the the mandalorian that is something i really do need to get into because i do like star wars you know i may not be as into star wars like as somebody like your you know ty campbell but um I do like Star Wars. I just that's one of the shows I need to get into. So one of these days I probably need to pull the trigger and just get Disney Plus. Um, it's pretty darn good, dude. It really is. Like it's it's pretty rad. Getting like a weekly Star Wars fix that's new every time, like that's cool. 
No, that is cool. And uh, this was actually a conversation, and like I know it's a whole different thing that we, you know, than the scale RC. But I had a conversation with this with another friend because I was like, you know, it's kind of crazy. Tomorrow night, um, the final chapter of that trilogy for that for the Star Wars, the new Star Wars that's been out, it hits theaters tomorrow night. And and I mean, if you're listening to this to clarify. It hits theaters on the 20th. Most of them start playing the shows at midnight on Thursday. That's why I'm saying tomorrow night, and we typically record on a Wednesday. But um, it's kind of crazy that that one's coming to an end. We were kind of going, do you think there's going to be another one? And my answer was, I think somebody else is going to pick up and do another three-part trilogy because Star Wars, in my opinion, is like one of those – series or you know worlds universes the stories can always keep evolving and changing and and you know you're getting new characters pulled in um so i think it's something that can always go that's why that whole mandalorian spinoff i think it's kind of cool because it's kind of like it's answering like a certain part of the series that you've already watched if that makes sense am i no exactly you're learning about like the culture and stuff of a I don't know if you call it race or whatever, but a uh, group of people. Yeah, a group of people that, like, are, you know, awesome looking. You know, like, our first peek at it was Boba Fett, and, like, everybody thought Boba Fett was, like, the coolest thing ever, you know. And then we had the prequels with his father and everything. So, like, it's really... Yeah, so it's sick that they're actually taking this and going a different way. And, like, even... Even like the time period, having it fall right after Return of the Jedi when the Empire's kind of basically crumbling and stuff, like all the like warlords, like Imperial warlords that are still out there and everything, like it's dude, it's really cool. And when you have a universe full of characters and stuff, like I really don't see how you can run out of any kind of inspiration for new movies or TV shows or things like that, because I mean universe is big. There's all kinds of characters in it. Pick one and focus on their story and turn it into something interesting. So, no, I'm like you. I don't see it going away anytime soon. And same with Marvel. Like, Marvel's going to continue and something's going to happen there because, I mean, they're sitting on a gold mine. You know, like Disney owning Star Wars and Marvel is like that it really doesn't get much better than that for them. So, you know, they're not going to like go and slaughter their cash cow by any means. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know. I guess we can end it. I mean, I don't know if you want to get too personal. I was going to say, do you have any plans for uh, Christmas coming up? Mm, probably just a lot of like sitting alone in my room and crying in solitude because I don't have a girlfriend or a large family. So chances are I'll just be wallowing in my own self-misery. Dude, I said a positive note. Oh, um we're just all going to get wasted over Christmas and just (laughs) (laughs) like everybody, even the dog and we're going to party it up and then have a big blowout and argue and it'll be just typical family shit, you know? Yeah, no, it was just something I thought maybe we, you know, stay in the Christmas spirit. I do got to say though, you know, don't always think, and I mean, this goes to a lot of people. Don't always think if you don't have a girlfriend or a wife or a significant other, or whatever, you know, that you know Christmas is gonna blow. You don't realize, like, not to sound like negative, how expensive it gets. 
It does. And really, that is a lot of money that can be spent on alcohol if you do like not have a large family or a significant other. So that's something else to keep in mind, too. Like just, you know, if you do find yourself getting the holiday blues, like make lemonade out of lemons and uh, just get drunk, break something, um, get pulled over. Like there's a lot of stuff that you can be doing with your time that's going to be interesting instead of just sitting at home and crying like me. Or I was going to say use that money to buy RC stuff, you know, maybe a new wrap, tires. Yeah, you can do that, I suppose, you know. Um, yeah, there's there's other things you can do, I guess. It's just I, I think for the most part I choose not to <laughs> because I love wallowing in self-pity. So it is kind of nice. No, we're we're actually gonna we've we have a small family and we're gonna be doing the family thing. And uh, you know my kid's married now, and so this will be our first Christmas Christmas with him and his wife. And uh, it, no, it's just gonna be cool. You know, it's like for me the holidays isn't totally about like gift giving and stuff like that because personally, like I'm not a super religious dude. And, but I do celebrate Christmas and I love what it stands for. And, you know, and I believe Jesus was a historical figure and, you know, he had some good things to say. And so, yeah, let's celebrate his birth and stuff like that. Cool. And have fun. I mean, I just, I don't know, just be, make, make this time of year kind of something to make it a goal to better yourself and the environment that you're in, because we're seeing a lot of not doing that and watching the direction that that can go and that's like just a train wreck that nobody really I don't think truly wants to be a part of so just start being nice to each other and like you know somebody posts a rig online that you're not super stoked on but they obviously are just be cool for you know take 15 seconds out of your day and be cool and give it a like or a comment and say that looks really good or find something about it that you are that you can compliment the dude on, on his build, you know? And it's like, that goes a long ways. And I don't know about you, but like seeing excited, happy people is way more gratifying for me than angry, bitchy people. And I try not to even pay attention to those posts anyways, you know? So like make it a point to make the world around you just a slightly better place this year. You know, everybody has these goals and everything with new years and stuff like that. Like, you know, this is a really small step that everybody can take to move towards, you know, some sort of goal of at least self-happiness. And that's be cool to somebody because that is one of the most rewarding things ever. Like, I, I don't know if people that are trolls, like, feel good when they go to sleep at night. Like, man, I really showed them, you know, like, I, I, I can't imagine that possibly feels good. So just you know, this is a fun hobby. And like we have said multiple times on the show, it's playtime. So make somebody's day, you know, make a new friend. Like just, it sounds corny and cheesy as hell, but like, dude, that's it. Otherwise life is lonely and sad if you don't do that. So just start being cool to each other. Oh yeah. So that's my bubbly shit to end on. What's your, what's your happy thing? Oh, nothing. I mean, uh, Christmas, um, I'm a little bit of the opposite. Uh, my family is kind of large, so we um, we always get together. I mean, it's changed in the in the past couple of years due to uh, my grandparents passing away. 
Um, but we still get together, um, a good chunk of us, um, since we're kind of all spread out across Northern California, but we still get together, uh, around the Thanksgiving and Christmas time to do a dinner, you know, have fun, mingle, you know, catch up on what's going on, and, um, and that's really it. So I take this time to enjoy, you know, hanging out with my family, um, and, you know, eating a lot of food, and, that's it. And hoping I get RC parts for Christmas. I bet you will. I bet I won't, but... Really? That's the hope. Yeah, because a long time ago, I, people gave up because it's like, if you weren't that specific enough of what you want or need, they kind of like just go, oh, I know that he said he needed this, and they go to the hobby shop, and they just ask like the person behind the shelf, hey, I need a good whatever, and then they're picking whatever it is, and you're like, like for instance, they're like, oh, I need a good motor, and they're like, whoa, well, this is, you know, you're, you're going to want this Intigy over here because it's the best thing in the world, and you're like going, and then you get it, and you're supposed to act all surprised and happy, and you're like, no. What is this nonsense? <laughs> Do you people have a soul? Like, yeah, no, I get it. So, like, so, that's what gift cards are good for, though. But that's what I was going to get at. So, I mean, I might get some hobby shop gift cards, but that'll be as close as it gets to RC parts. I hope that you get some and that you can indulge in your disgusting RC hobby. Yeah, well, I got to indulge in something. And unlike you, I don't have self-pity, so... It's not that great, honestly. Like, I, I know I do a really good job of selling it to people, but it sucks. <laughs> so, and I'm like the only person that could say something positive and sound like I'm pissed off at the same time still too. So just now just really your best advice with me is just never take me seriously and everything's fine. Yeah, well, I was say, I think this is a great episode and a possibly great way to end this 2019. year. Yeah. 2020 so. now. We should be seeing flying cars and stuff this year. It's 2020. 2020. When yeah. we were kids, this sounded like so far in the future. Like we'd be like living in space by now. Dude, okay. Real quickly and then we'll end it. <laughs> remember? Okay. Remember the year 2000? 99 going to 2000. Everyone's saying computers are going to crash. This is going to happen. Oh, shit, dude. I worked at an RV dealership. We sold so many generators to people that year. It was ridiculous. I mean, everybody thought, and like like you said, so coming into like 2020 like made it seem like we're going to have flying cars and hoverboards and all this stuff. I mean, don't get me wrong. We're close with some of this stuff, but some of the other stuff we're – way far off life is like not much different than it has been like you know i mean there's some stuff that's progressed quickly like tech and internet and things like that but honestly it's like we have the same problems that we had before like you know kids have it rougher now and that's really about it like i feel bad for kids growing up right now because they have like a whole other set of issues to deal with than we did but really life isn't that different you know and it, and i i just to be happy, you just kind of have to tell yourself, like, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, like, it's just, it's going to be the same as last year and just keep trucking along, you know. If you want to set goals for yourself, rad, do it, you know. But it's pretty rare that people actually stick with it. I know that's, like, kind of a crappy thing to say, but it is. But, I mean, just, I don't know. I mean, 
life isn't a whole lot different than it was in 1995, to be honest with you, you know, car, you know, stuff's gotten better, but it's not like leaps and bounds. We haven't cured cancer and, you know, we don't live on Mars yet. So it's just kind of, you know, not much is going to be different for a while. It's going to be slow steps. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but with that, you know, get ready for 2020. Uh, we might have a surprise episode before the year hits, but, um, like I said, it'll be a surprise. It'll be like a bonus footage. Yeah. Um, well, we actually, we should spill the beans a little bit and let everybody know. Um, we are going to have on this show, and actually what's going to be cool is this is going to be shared over three different podcasts, all the same episode over three different podcasts. So we are going to do a five-person roundtable with the guys from the track walk rc podcast and tim smith from tsr speed shop so you guys are going to get to have a five-way with us and it is going to be probably pretty funny um the idea that we've talked about is having things be a little looser than you know and more matter of fact than what you and i do like you and Uh i still try to put like a little bit of a sugar coating on stuff you know and keep things light but um i think having like a tell it like it is episode would be super funny where it's just an unfiltered mess and uh probably what we'll do is that episode will be available for purchase to download for like a penny just to keep kids from listening, you know, just in case, because we don't want to upset anybody. So that way, if somebody has a credit card or a PayPal or whatever, it'll cost a penny to listen to. And we know that way our horrible potty mouths are not falling into the wrong hands. Or ears. Or ears, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. no, that'll be fun. Um, And if you guys haven't, checked out those two podcasts you you should um the track walk rc and um uh tim what is it tim smith tsr speed shop there you go tsr speed shop i don't know why i forgot that one he's gonna has a huge following and he is a very tell it like it is dude but like he still is able to do it with some class too which is cool so it's it's gonna be really really fun i had a great time on tim's podcast and this last week I was on track walk with Brett Wilson from Die Hard and it was like a last minute thing we threw together and we just did a round table discussion and went over some events coming up and talking about our individual racing programs and stuff like that. And it was a blast. Like we went into it without a plan and ended up with like this two hour masterpiece of stupid jokes and laughing and stuff. And it, it was really great. So I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to, uh, being able to cut loose a little bit and have some fun with this and let our personalities shine through a little bit more, you know? And you know what? If you don't like it, you don't have to listen to it, you know? I mean, it's that way with everything. You don't like a show, don't watch it. You don't like our podcast, don't listen to it. That episode doesn't sound appealing to you. Don't do it. You know, don't listen to it. But, like, I guarantee it's going to be fun for us, and that's kind of the number one reason why we're doing it because – who doesn't want to laugh and be ridiculous. So I, I think it's going to be a really good time. And I think people will kind of enjoy that because we, we do have some uh, real characters spread out just between these three podcasts. So, Oh yeah. Should be pretty good. So with that, 
we're going to say, well, for now, if you don't hear our a, a surprise podcast before 2020, thanks for tuning in for 2019. We'll see you in 2020. Get out there. Have fun. Run your cars, not your mouths. And don't forget we're on Spotify. Bye. All right, and we're